We are in part two of a message series called Different, focusing on some high points in the letter that's known as 1 Peter. Uh, And if you missed last episode, don't worry, you can still catch up. But we learned that Peter was writing to a group of uh, people that were severely persecuted somewhere between the years 60, 65 AD. So Peter wrote this letter during a time when a very evil emperor named Nero, was causing all sorts of problems, not just for Jesus' followers, but for other people also. Nero most likely burned the city of Rome, his own city. And when he did that, he pointed the finger at Jesus' followers and said, hey, those people did it. Go get them! Because of that, what was already a bad environment became so much worse. Peter wrote to them, and he was trying to get them to focus uh, on hope, and, and he gave them This idea again and again that this world is not your home. You're just passing through. You're sojourners. And because this world is not your home, Peter said, God is calling you to be different. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you're called to be different. You'll have different values and different passions, different use of your time, different use of resources, You'll be different as a parent. You'll be different as a spouse. You'll be different in the way that you work. God is calling us to be different. And just to set the tone for this episode, I want to do something a little different. I want to um, take you through a bit of a longer passage of Scripture to start. It's going to start at 1 Peter 1.13 and following. And so uh, feel the power, feel the weight of these verses. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who was holy has called you to be holy in all that you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. And since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. And then another version of that says, live out your time as temporary residence. In other words, this world is not your home. You have a different home. You're just passing through. Um, Don't get too comfortable here. You have a higher calling. God is calling you to be different. And the problem for so many people in our culture today, and if I can just say probably the, the problem for so many of you, is this. The biggest obstacle to you fully following Christ is your desire to fit in. The biggest obstacle for so many to be faithful to God's call to be different is the longing to look like everyone else, to belong to this world and to fit in. But I hope you'll understand, Jesus' followers, God did not call you to fit in, but he has called you to stand out. And he never said that we are to just blend into the things of this world. The Apostle Paul agrees with Peter, and he was writing to the church in Rome, and he says something similar in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. 
And Peter said something similar when he said, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, now that you've been transformed. We're never called to blend in. And as Jesus followers, we are called by God to stand out, to be set apart, to be different in the way that we live. Why do we want to be normal anyway? Have you looked around to see what normal actually is? Normal is broke. Normal is in debt. Normal's in bondage. Normal is fear. Normal is divorce. Normal is tension. Normal is sleepless nights. Normal is anxiety. Normal is not like in the job. It's fighting depression. That's what normal is. I don't want anything to do with normal. I want off the normal road. I want to be weird because normal, because weird ain't normal and normal ain't working. Jesus said in Matthew, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the normal gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. Verse 14, but small is the gate and narrow the weird road that leads to life, and only a few find it. It's my prayer that we would be amongst those few, and because of the passion of those few, that there would be more and more people that would find the path that leads to life. I want you to be weird. It's not the normal path on which most of us travel. God is calling us to be set apart, to be different. And so, Father, today, I pray and ask that you would do what I don't have the power to do, that you would personalize this message to each one of us who is listening. God, for those who are far from you, I pray that your spirit would draw them close. For those who know you, God, we open up our hearts to you to show us any areas of our own life that would be displeasing to you. Shore up within us, God, the desire to be holy, to be different, to be set apart, that we could love you faithfully and then please you by living honorably and then being a light to this very dark world. God, help us to be different for your glory in all that we do. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. So, hey, look around you and uh, right where you are, tell someone that you're with, hey, you look different. And then maybe find someone else and say, hey, you look, you look really, really different. If there are any of you today listening, watching, who are perfect, I just need you to know up front that this message is not for you, okay? So thanks for dropping by. See ya. Why don't you just go grab yourself a glass of asparagus water or something, and we'll catch up with you in a couple of minutes. If you're perfect, this message is not for you. And if you're wondering... And you're new around here. You're saying, well, is the pastor perfect? You'll ask anyone. No, he's not. Okay? Have you ever botched it up? Have you ever, you know, dropped the ball? The big ball, the one that everyone can see. Have you ever responded in a way that at your best you would not have? Have you ever publicly uh, blown it and then blown it again right after with your response as well? Well, you know, I never have. I'm just wondering about you. Um, so in the chat, why not list off your most horribly embarrassing failure? You do that, and our hosts will assign points for worst failure. Go ahead. It should be fun. When you are confronted by your own failures, or, or maybe when I'm confronted by my own, I have found frequently that people could be rather good-natured about it, especially if I could admit to it. 
When they are good-natured about it, they frequently say some grace-filled thing like, you know what, don't worry about it, right? Everybody does it. Even I have done it, right? That's just normal. Isn't that right? Has anyone ever said that to you? The problem is, God did not call us to be normal. And as Jesus followers, we're called to be different. Not perfect, but different. Now, I'm not thinking that more guilt is really what you need, but here we get into a little bit of a predicament. Simply because it is common, simply because it's understandable, simply because, you know what, everyone does it, simply because it's no big deal in my eyes, doesn't ever make it right. And now we just try to figure out some scale that helps us to decide just how bad it is, right? Is it devil bad? Is it Hitler bad? Is it cat bad? Really bad? Kind of bad? Not that bad? So light on bad that it's really neutral? A dirty shade of good? You, you, you know, whatever we can do to create that we can soothe those feelings of guilt. And sometimes we can control our outward behavior and Sometimes I can too, but the problem is that I found that for a long time I did not ex stop experiencing them inwardly in my heart and in my mind. And in fact, they are more likely to repeat and resonate in my mind. And just because I learned to control some of the outward behavior, that did not mean that the inner source had yet been transformed by the grace of Jesus. And with that shocking revelation of my wickedness, I want to look again at the words of the Apostle Peter, speaking to a group of very hurting Christians. And perhaps today, the Spirit of God might speak to you in a way that would stir you, or prompt you, move you, lead you to be set apart, because God has not called us to blend in, but He's called us to be different from this world. So, 1 Peter 1, 14. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. In other words, there was a time when you didn't know any better. And quite honestly, that's, that's where some of you are right now. You're, you're doing things that, that as a pastor I might say, you know what, that's not the, the wisest thing. But you haven't yet learned, you haven't yet grown, you haven't been transformed yet by Jesus and there was a time when you weren't really accountable as much because you didn't know. But now, now you know better, so much better. And so Peter continues in verse 15. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. 16. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Be holy because I'm holy. Be holy in all that you do. What I want you to notice is what Peter does not say, which is what so many people want to believe that it does say, and how they want to live. He does not say, be happy in all you do, because I am happy, so you are called to be happy. Did you notice that? Because for so many people today, especially in the Western version of Christianity, so many people believe that God's highest calling and purpose for us is our happiness. This might be a good time to give a shout out to a previous message series we had called What Makes You Happy? Go look that one up and give it a listen again. It really helps in figuring more of this stuff out. Because the problem is that happiness comes from happenings and happenings don't always make us happy. 
And sometimes happenings may be unhappy, and, but, there, but there's something that is greater, that there's a joy that can come from deep um, within an abiding relationship with Christ. But I hope you'll understand this, that your happiness is not your highest calling. God's holiness for you is a higher priority than your immediate, circumstantial happiness. So let me say it again, because I think you need to hear this and feel this. God's highest calling for you is not your happiness. His highest calling is your holiness, and he's called us to be set apart. The, the problem with what you might call the theology of happiness, the idea that God wants me to be happy above all else, the problem with the theology of happiness is it empowers personal justification. And we think, well, if, if God wants me happy, then, then I'm able to do something that otherwise would be wrong or unwise. And if God wants me happy and I'm not happy in my marriage, then by all means I can walk out the door even though we're in a covenant because I am no longer happy. I'm not happy because I don't have well, this thing, right? Well, then I can get this thing, even if I have to beg, borrow, steal, go massively in debt, because I want this thing. And I believe that this thing will make me happy, and God wants me to be happy. Or I'm dating someone, and I know that I should wait until I'm married before we engage in God's gift of lovemaking reserved for marriage. I know that love requires that I show honor, and love does not dishonor even if I have consent. Well, I, well, I got my needs, right? You know, I'm a man. I, I'm a man and I got my man needs, and you, you know it's going to make me happy. So after all, we're in love. We're married in our hearts. That's going to make me happy. So what it does is it empowers you to personally justify something that otherwise would be wrong or unwise. When we believe above all else that God wants us to be happy, suddenly discomfort, uh, delay, risk, inconvenience, well, well, they couldn't possibly be God's will. And suddenly, without even knowing it, we begin to worship the false gods of comfort and money and pleasure and stuff. Because God is supposed to get me what I want. God is supposed to make me happy. We need to understand. God does not exist to serve us. We exist to serve Him. And He calls us to be set apart. He calls us to be holy. So what, what does holy even mean? It, it comes from a Greek word, which is hagios. And it's translated as holy. Um, it means different. It means set apart. It means pure. God is calling us to be different. He's calling us to be set apart for His use and for His service. We are dedicated to His handling, like a surgical instrument set aside for a specific usage for a specific person. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. He's calling us to be set apart. He's calling us to be different. So let me just say it like this. If you are not different from the rest of the world, I promise you, you are not following Christ because God calls us to be different and to be set apart. So we are to teach and encourage each other, and that's your family and your friends, to follow Christ and to give each other the courage to be different. And that encouragement and courage will rise up in different ways for different people. 
but it's never based on locking anybody up in a tower, okay? That's not the way holiness works. Teach them to follow Christ and to give them the courage to be different. And parents, I hope you'll understand, if you want to raise different kids, at some point in your life, you need to be different. If you're not different in any way, how in the world can you expect your children to see the value in following Christ when you practice and display subjecting it to everything else that you do, everything else that you want to do? If you're not different in how you live, how can you expect your children to have any tolerance to being set apart or different? God is calling us to be holy in all that we do. And the way that we are holy might be different than the way that you are holy. And the standards that we set as a family may be a little bit different than the standards that you set. But the bottom line is that we're seeking God for standards that we believe would be pleasing to him. Peter goes on and he says it like this. And I love the way the New Living translates it in 1 Peter 1.14. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways to satisfy your own desires. Don't slip back. I like that, the don't slip back. Because how many of you know that you can slip into trouble, but you never slip into righteousness? Do you know that? Right? Because I've heard people say, I fell into sin. I have never heard it said. I fell into holiness, right? I, I didn't mean to. I'm just, I'm just holy. Like, how did that happen? Behold, I am just so holy. I just got up and I was trying to sin. Don't get me wrong. I was putting in a good sinning effort, but dag nabbit, holiness caught up with me and now, boom, I'm perfect. Doesn't happen that way. But we have an enemy who will cause you to slip up, to trip, and to fall. And you need to understand that your enemy is subtle. He's sneaky. He is real. He's the father of lies. He's the prince of darkness. He's a liar. And his mission is consistently to steal, kill, and destroy. And let me tell you, because he's sneaky, because he's subtle, he didn't come up to you. Hey, 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 why don't, why don't you start being the devil worshiper, right? There's a sale on Satanism for dummies on Amazon. Why don't you order that? Come on, let's go out to the garage and let's sacrifice chickens. He never does that, does he? What he does is very, the very same thing that he did all the way back in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, in the Garden of Eden, when he said to Adam and Eve, did God really say, don't eat the fruit of that tree? Did God really say? Did God really mean? And this is how he's going to attack. And this is one of the greatest deceiving questions that's taken people away from the standards of holiness today, um, even in the church of Jesus Christ. It can come across in different ways. Does, did God really say, and then you fill in the blank, whatever it is. Did God really say that you're supposed to wait until you're married? Did God really say that you have to go to church? Did God really say you have to pray? You know, surely it's okay to post half-naked photos on Instagram, right? I mean, half-naked is totally different than all-naked because everybody does it, right? Or if it's a private chat or Snapchat, come on, well then, why bother with half-naked, right? It's just the way that things are done now. Come on, wake up and smell the 21st century. Everybody does it. Everybody. Gets more likes, doesn't it? Right? Did, did God really say? And this is what makes this message so challenging, okay? Because I don't want to get hung up on one or two things. Don't do this, don't do that. 
Remember from our last series? It's not just, does the Bible say that it's wrong specifically? Did God really say whatever it is? Because you know what? I'm a lot better than a lot of other people, okay? So just back off. Well, a lot of people are not the standard. Right? Do you understand this? What does love require of me? A lot of people is not the standard. God calls us as Jesus followers to be different and to be set apart. But it is so hard to do by yourself. It is exhausting to live this way all alone. You were never meant to live it all alone. Living life together is what kept first century Christians and people throughout history strong. It's doing life together with other believers, strengthening one another in the power of God's word, praying together, being united in strength. So here's a couple of questions you can think about, you can prepare for, okay? You can do these with your own connections, um, or you can do these with our Thursday night live group that you can still sign up for. We'll put a note in the chat that will make sure that you get linked in if you want that. No one is going to tie you up and force you to answer anything, okay? So don't worry. But then also be honest with yourself. If you choose not to answer or ask any of these questions, why do you think that you're choosing that? Do you think that choice will help you? Do you think that choice will draw you closer to God. I just want to give you a heads up, okay? Just a, a little uh, time to prime the pump to get you thinking. And maybe you can even talk about some of these today, maybe over uh, your next meal. You, you don't need to overshare, okay? But what does honestly, honesty look like for you? Question number one, what are the three areas I struggle most trying to fit in? So think about it and try to be really honest here. What are the three areas that I struggle most trying to fit in? Question two, when is a time I put my happiness above God's call for holiness? Just, just call it what it is. Question three, what are the biggest ways that I'm different from this world? So if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, there's going to be some ways that you're different, and we're going to celebrate those ways. We want to cheer for you. And then this is probably the biggest point of application. Question four. What is the area that God wants me to be different? What is the biggest area that God is showing me that he wants me to be different right now? We don't just come to church and listen, right? We're not just hearers of the word, we're doers of the word. We're letting God's spirit speak to us, to convict us, to show us and to lead us into all righteousness. So what is the biggest area? that God wants me to be different in right now. Why does it even matter, right? Let me try to help you see why it matters. Peter goes on to say to these hurting Christians that you need to remember, and he's describing this in 1 Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 18. For you know it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from this empty way of life that has been handed down to you from your ancestors. It wasn't with these things that you, that you were set free from long and for more, verse 19, but it was with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. It was the sinless Son of God who set you free. It was Jesus that pointed you toward life. It was the risen Son who forgave your sins and made you new. And verse 20, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but 
was revealed in these last days for your sake. Verse 21, through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him so your faith and hope are in God. It's through Christ. We need to understand that living holy is not the path to knowing Christ. Living holy? We we can never be good enough to please him on our own. Living holy is not the path to knowing Christ. Knowing Christ is the pathway to holiness. And this is so important because suddenly when we know Christ, it's not that I have to do that and I don't get to do that thing and I wish I could do that wild thing because it looks kind of fun, but, but our heart on the inside, it starts to change and instead of, oh, I don't want to do this or, oh, I wish I could do that. Instead, it's like I don't want to do anything displeasing to God. And I want to live a life that brings glory to him because I trust him with all of my life. And if he directs me away from something, it's better to be directed away from that. And I don't care what everybody else thinks. I don't care if they laugh. and I don't care if it's different. I don't care if they criticize because I'm living for an audience of one because Jesus has set me free. I'm free to be different. I'm free to be weird. I'm free to not live out of the brokenness that is now oh so normal. I'm not ashamed to confess that I'm different because of who Jesus is and because of what he has done in me. It's a net gain, not a net loss. And this is the key. So please don't miss this. I'm not talking about OBM. All right? You know what I mean? This is not about OBM. Outward behavior modification. What I'm talking about is inward spiritual transformation. So it's not, hey, hey, look, 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 look at me. I'm a Jesus freak, so I don't say bad words anymore. No, it's I have been changed from the inside. And out of the overflow of my heart, the mouth speaks. And I have a new heart. My heart is different. I'm I'm like the Grinch. My heart is growing and I'm now caring about things that I did not used to care about. And out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of the heart, the life is lived. And now I find purpose in the mission that is larger than myself. Because it's not just about me. It's not that I'm really trying. Oh, I'm trying to be holy. Oh, I'm trying to be holy. Come on, give me seven more holiness curls. No, now I start to notice that there are the fruit of the Spirit appearing and coming out of me because my roots are growing deep in Christ, because I'm dwelling in His Word, because I'm daily seeking Him and His presence. I'm spiritually glowing now. No longer will I be known for sexual immorality or impurity and debauchery. No longer will I put my trust in other gods or in trying to make things or or trying to make God do my bidding. I say no to hatred, to discord, to jealousy, to fits of rage, to selfish ambition, and I will not be a part of dissensions and factions and envy and drunkenness or the like. I can recognize now that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But as the Spirit of God blossoms and comes to life in me, I will see love and joy, peace, patience, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Holy Spirit, cause these fruit to appear in me 
and in my friends in ever-increasing measure. Holy Spirit, flow into me and through me. Transform our hearts, our minds, and our very beings with your life-giving power and with your goodness and with your essence. I want more of you. I am not content with where I am. And I will not sit back and hope for the best. And I will not simply wish that without my choice that all good things will simply drop in front of me. And I'm no longer just trying to not do bad things. But from the inside out, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me and indwell us and make us more like Jesus. And then if I'm being made more like Christ, not naturally, but supernaturally, supernaturally by his power, then I'm starting to live a life full of trust, a life worthy of the calling that he set, apart, set me apart for, worthy of the title, child of God. So Heavenly Father, have your way in us, I pray. Spirit of God, would you move once again, please show us any area of our life that would be displeasing to you and then not out of obligation like I gotta try harder, but out of inward spiritual transformation, set us free in Jesus' name. Change us from the inside out. We recognize that living holy is not the pathway to knowing Christ. You're far too loving and gracious for that. But knowing Jesus is the pathway to living holy and so. With everything in us, we seek you. And we run in earnest pursuit and beg you to change our hearts. In our lives, Lord, be glorified. And I'm just going to trust that the Spirit is speaking to some of you, and I, I don't know what he's saying to you, so don't fight him. Some of you may know right now where God is calling you to raise the standard. Lord Jesus, what does love require of me in this area that you are bringing up. And if you need to pray with someone, you can, you can do that right now. Just use the live prayer button. Stop resisting. You've been resisting for so long and that's why you're still tied up in knots and not experiencing spiritual victory. Some of you recognize that there's some area of your life that God is calling you to raise that standard, to make a change to be different. You're not like everybody else. You're called to be holy because he is holy. Those of you who say, yes, that's me. I recognize God is showing me something and I need his help. This is not about outward behavior modification, but God changed me from the inside. Spiritual transformation. Holy Spirit, do your work in me. If that's you today, and you see it, don't resist it. Admit it. Declare it. Why not click the heart button in the chat window right now? Let that be a sign of you offering up your heart, offering up your thanks to God for being met by Him right now. And Father, I ask today that you would, you, you would do what only you can do. God, show us, show me. I recognize the closer that we get to you, the more we become aware of our shortcomings and our sinfulness. So God, show us. I know we cannot do it on our own. We don't have the power or the ability by ourselves. So we thank you for your spirit that changes us from the inside out. Give us the grace, God. May we grow closer to you in every way. And God, would you change our hearts? 
God, renew our minds. Make us different on the inside, God, so the outside actions start to change. God, help us to fall so in love with you that we cannot stay the same. And I pray, God, for the power to break addictions. God, I pray for the power in the name of Jesus to break addictions, change our mindsets, break us free from these strongholds. We ask and believe by faith that you will. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.